Winston is so, we're so good to have you, glad to have you, so please, please come forward. Thank you. Thank you very much, Blaine and Ross. Thank you for leading us. It's good to be here. Greetings in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I want to thank your district superintendent as well, Richard Tuning, for allowing me to come and to be in your district. Um, one of the things I've discovered is that God, in God's extravagant generosity, God wants everybody to experience God's love. He's different from us. Maybe you're different. But most of us have a hard time recognizing that <laughs> God's love is for everyone. Amen. No matter what side of the street we live, no matter what side of the game we play or don't play, what party we are a part of or not a part of, family, culture, class, language, I've discovered God wants everybody to experience God's love. However, many people in churches know it in the head, but don't do it in the heart. Or have it in the heart, but don't do it practically. So it's one thing to say, let's do it. It's another thing to do it. And uh, so, so one of the things we're going to talk about a little bit in practical faith sharing is how to give away Jesus, how to give away Jesus' love. This is part of a seminar that I would do in four and a half hours. And, and so I'm we're just going to hit the highlights uh, this afternoon. I'm also working on a, a, a workbook on practical faith sharing, which will have four sessions that churches can use, Sunday school classes, youth groups, and so on. So you will receive a handout uh, that we are going to follow. and. Um, let, let's go back for just one second. Um, you may not be able to read. It might be too small in print. This is our website, and this is our um, email address. WMEI stands for World Methodist Evangelism Institute. If you'd like to be on our, um, our newsletter, we'd be glad to, to put your name there. You can give me a note. You can email me, or you can let us know accordingly. Our office is at Emory University, right here, um, depending on the traffic. <laughs> it's, it's pretty near, <laughs> but um, that's where our office is, and it is from there that we go around the world. We are a ministry of Emory University, Chandler School of Theology, and uh, the World Methodist Council. So we have the opportunity to work with Methodists and Wesleyans, that is United Methodists, African Methodists, uh, Korean Methodists all over the world, as well as Church of the Nazarene, Free Methodists, Wesleyans, and all of the African American churches here in the United States. What I will share with you today is some things that we have learned around the world. The next slide. Um, keep going. So we have learned about practical faith sharing methodologies in different contexts, uh, different strengths and struggles in world Methodism. USA congregations can send representatives to our seminars. And so we're going to put a just a few of them there. January, we are going to Mexico. We have 20 of us going to Mexico. Seminary students for academic credit, 
pastors for continuing education credit, and lay people for their experience and knowledge and training. Central Asia, we're going in March, and it's going to be um, Kyrgyzstan, where we're going to go uh, to spread the gospel. We're working with the United Methodist pastor, uh, bishop there, Bishop Kige. Then New Zealand, we're going um, in July, end of July to August. We're going to spend one day in Sydney, Australia, touring, seeing that place, and then we'll go over to, New to Auckland, New Zealand. We're going to have a practical faith sharing on February 11 in Atlanta. We're going to have another one in Augusta, uh, February 25th. And so those are the ones that's going to be four and a half hours, um, including lunch. 2018, we're going to India. We have 20 spaces open. It's going to be in Delhi. And then the Global Summit, um, this is the one I'd like for you to make a note of. It's not too far away to think about it. We are going to be bringing the world of Methodist leaders to Atlanta. It's going to be at Emory University, and uh, we expect people from 70 different countries, June 20 to 27, and on the weekend before and the weekend after, we'll be sending these delegates out to churches. So put that on your calendar right now. You might want to invite pastors, lay leaders from various countries. If your church has a mission, for example, to Zimbabwe, you might want to bring somebody from Zimbabwe. Your church may have a connection with Guatemala, or you might be wanting to make a connection. Uh, so then you're able to help us um, uh, invite that person to come to your church on that weekend. If you can sponsor the person as well, even better. So you're going to be hearing a lot about that. Let's go to the next slide then. One of the things I've discovered as well is that the best way to learn to share your faith is to share your faith. Isn't that profound? There's no shortcut. What I've discovered is that a lot of people, uh, Methodists and mainline Christians, have never been on the on-deck circle preparing and practicing to share their faith. When a scout in scouts go out in baseball mm -hmm. looking for folks, where do they look? Do they look in the stands? <laughs> they look on the field to find the best persons there that they can call on to become a member of a, of, of, of a team. And therefore, a lot of Methodist Christians are not uh, called up by the, by the scout, the coach, the great one, because sometimes we have not yet been in the habit of practicing to share our faith. And so I've discovered the more I practice, the, the more confidence I gain. So we lack two things. One, confidence and competence. Confidence and competence, a lot of people lack in sharing their faith. But I must tell you, friends, the church is growing around the world where Christians are sharing their faith stories with their neighbors. So this is who you're seeing right now is not who I used to be. Who I used to be is a shy uh, person afraid to approach strangers. My heart still goes 100 miles an hour when I go up to somebody for the first time. Like I, I introduced myself to Jerry earlier, and I was smiling, but Jerry didn't know that my heart was doing like this. I'm serious. 
So I'm talking to you as one who has had to practice. So Lord, I'm comfortable here. This is good for me, Lord. And you know it's good for me, Lord. So why are you sending me over here? And so sometimes, I, it sometimes it's almost like this. <laughs> but I've discovered the times when I go over to Ross or to Addy to share my faith is the time that Addy needed it most. Because God had prepared her already for my visit. Second thing about sharing faith. Each of our stories is different. Your story, different from my story. My story was in my local church where I went down the altar one Sunday and I gave my life to Christ a long time ago. However, a lot of people's story is not like that. A lot of people's story has been out of struggle and anxiety and pain. Other people's story is slowly into faith. You can't remember the time or the place when you got into a relationship with Christ. But you know it's real. It's authentic. It's true. So your story is just as unique and authentic and special as my story. Therefore, there are some people that you don't want me to come to you smiling. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's all good. <laughs> she was smiling, you know. <laughs> There's some people that Tommy can reach for Christ that I cannot reach. Because her story intersects with somebody else's story that's similar to hers. That making sense? And there's some people Marjorie can reach for Christ that Tommy cannot reach because your story intersects differently. I give you one quick example and then we move on. I was preaching in Australia, Adelaide, several years ago and um, I had an invitation. If you invite me, I'm going to invite people to Christ, so just know that. But anyway, <laughs> people came down to the altar, accepted Christ. I prayed with them one by one. And then at the end of the service, instead of going to the exit door, I said, I just feel that today maybe there's somebody who wants to come for prayer. And people started lining up. And then one of the young ladies who came forward, I said to her before I prayed with her, I said, you know, Maybe God is calling you into a special ministry. For example, somebody who tried to commit suicide in life and was unsuccessful, and they have now come to Christ. God can use them to witness to people in the community who are fed up with life and who want to commit suicide as well. And she started to cry. Then she started to bawl. You know bawl? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a southern? <laughs> okay. And when she was finished, this is what she said. You know, preacher, I tried to commit suicide three times in my life. And thank God it was unsuccessful. And now I've committed my life to Christ. I, I know a lot of young people in my community who are fed up with life. And who maybe God is calling me now to go to witness to them. So she can reach people that I cannot reach because the story is different. 
listen up now. We are not reaching a lot of people for Christ because some Tommies are not witnessing, not you personally, and some Marjories are not witnessing. We depend upon a, some churches, an evangelism team and a pastor. Y'all go and witness, and the rest of the church doesn't. What does that mean? It means that some people in your community will not be reached for Christ because each person's story is different. The small teams cannot reach a lot of people because their stories are different. And so if you are not sharing your faith, there are a lot of people who are not being reached for Christ. How is that for a challenge? Yeah, but it's a fact. So how can, God, how can we open ourselves to God that God might use us? So let us practice this one. I'm going to make it very easy and very short. Normally I make it a little longer. You are in your community. You've come to a, you, a young man has come, you've come into conversation with this young man. And this young man says something like this. I grew up in the church, but I've done with the church. You know, there are lots of duns in our community. Uh, but these Muslims are really behind me, and they're trying to get me to, to convert to Islam. May I ask you a question? And this is the question. Is this Jesus any good? Is this Jesus any good? And he's serious. He's not ridiculing the church. He's really struggling. What would be your answer? I'm going to ask you to answer your neighbor for one minute. Somebody near to you, only in twos, for one minute only. I'm going to stop you at the end of a minute, and you switch around. So let's say Blaine and I are doing it, and um, I'm the, the young boy. Yeah? So I pretend to be the young boy, and um, Blaine, no, he doesn't pretend to be a Christian. He's a real Christian. <laughs> and so he, he shares with me for one whole minute. I will not say a word. I just listen. Then we switch around, and he becomes the boy, and I become the Christian sharing. Are you ready? Choose a partner quickly. Do you have a partner? Are we good? There's a lady. There are three here. You want to go? Yeah, if you join one of those three there. Oh, okay, that's fine. Oh, here we are. Here's one. Okay. Go. One minute. Is this Jesus any good? Time. 
do you see how much you could say in one minute? You see how long a minute is? <laughs> Don't move from where you are yet. God gives us one minute every day. If you're, if you're one who still goes, goes to the bank, you meet many people in the bank in the line. If you're one who still goes to the supermarket and doesn't only shop online, a lot of people in the supermarket. Sometimes I'm in the line in the supermarket and the Holy Spirit, I said, Lord, who do you want me to share my faith with? And the, the Lord says, well, not this one in front, not this one behind, but the one behind. And so I say to this lady, oh, go on, ma'am. And then I come back to share my faith with this one. Understand what I'm saying? You have to be guided by the Holy Spirit. It's essential to allow the Holy Spirit to guide you. What about lines in um, Walmart and all the other marts that's around? Um, what about passport shop? <laughs> <laughs> there are many places we wait in line. I wait in line at airports and rental car lines and parking lots and those places. And that's where I share my faith a lot. Uh, so one minute. What is, what is this young man really asking? He is asking, who is Jesus for you? For you personally. He's not trying to hear a treatise about Christianity. He's not trying to hear about all the different laws. He's not trying to, to hear um, what Paul says. He doesn't know who Paul is and so on. Those are for specific times and places. But for the one minute, that's where God wants to, to share your story. So, so in the first year in New Testament, it has a number of principles in the first year in New Testament, and then there's a first year in textbook. And one of the principles in this one, first sharing is always in the first person. The first person. That is one of the principles I have found most helpful. So in those one minutes, God gives me a chance to be able to share. You know, in Christ, I have become. Through Christ, I am. In the name of Jesus, I. Because I can, nobody knows my story better than me. Right, Marjorie? Nobody knows your story better than you. And so for each of us, God places us in places to share first person. So if we had time, we would do that again, one-on-one, -on -one, and I'd ask you to share first person. Um, so instead of saying, you should, and you must, that's how I was brought up, sharing faith. But it is more, you know, in the name of Jesus, I've discovered that when my life has challenges, that God's spirit is with me. Regular conversation. It is in those regular conversations that God seems to want to use us best. So I don't know if you play golf or not, but you, you're playing golf with your buddy. You know, he, he, you know, he doesn't go to church. And yeah, after a number of rounds, and you say rounds? Um, not rounds. Holes. After a number of holes, you know, you're able to say to your buddy, you know, have you ever thought about spiritual matters? It's just a matter of conversation. You know, you're not hitting, hitting him on the head with a thousand scripture verses. <laughs> you're going to hell! <laughs> See what I'm saying? 
you're building a relationship of trust so that over time, in this particular case, you can bring up stuff as a matter of course. If he doesn't answer, you just drop it. Next week, next time, you bring up something else and you build on the conversation, okay? So we have a serious situation here, very serious situation, because if we do not share our faith, Christianity is on the brink of death. He is one generation away from extinction. Hence, it only takes one generation to stop testifying and Christianity could be heading toward extinction. Could it be that some churches are dying because we are not sharing our faith with our neighbors? I know there are other reasons too. You know, there are reasons like some churches fighting with each other and so on. Lots of reasons, but, but this is key. Because people no longer come off the street and go into churches. God does his zapping thing every now and then. He zaps somebody on the head and says, you need to go to Arbor Point Sunday. But that doesn't happen often. And so we have to be building relationships with new people all the time. Who do you go to lunch with on Sundays or whatever days? Most of us go to lunch with Christians. Well, one way to be able to get over that is to allow the Holy Spirit to guide us to people who really need food, people who really need fellowship, and people who really need Christ. I'm not putting them all in the same basket. That's three different sets of people. And so building relationships become very vital and important. So just switch back now, I'll tell you, thank you so much. Okay, here. So God's extravagant love is for everyone. Now this is on your notes. John 3.16, what does it say? God so loved Arbor Point, the world. Yeah, we love the church so much that we are just sometimes only in the church. First Peter three nine, uh, if you had time, that that tells us about the fact that God's um, desire is that everyone should come to repentance. Um, John one twelve, that tells us that in as many as receive Christ they became children of God, sons and daughters of God. The prodigal son, that's the story of more of the extravagant father than of the prodigal son. Because the son returned, and the father hugs and loved the son and had a party. The hiring of the laborers, you remember, um, some were hired in the morning, all day they were hired, and the one who came last was paid the same amount as the one who was hired in the morning. God's extravagant love and generosity. The thief on the cross who said, what did the thief say? The second thief, not the first one. What did he say to Jesus? Remember me. And what did Jesus say? Within paradise. That's God's extravagant love. The next one. The word testify appears 79 times in the New Testament. It's a Greek word called marturia. Marturio, it's a, it's a court wor a word in the court system. And it is that word 
that helps us to uh, become faith sharers. Let's read the next one together. 1 Peter 3.15 Always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear, with gentleness and respect. That last part is just as important as the first part. Meekness and fear, gentleness and respect. Ensuring faith, always respect others. Always do it with meekness. No tricks, no gimmicks. You know, sometimes in the business world, sometimes there are gimmicks. The salesmen have gimmicks sometimes in order to get you to buy the product. This is not what we are talking about here. Philemon 1.6, let's read that together. I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective when you perceive all the good that we may do for Christ. Look at me for a moment. I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective when you perceive all the good that we may do for Christ. We may do for Christ. Because it's all of us that God is calling to be the witnesses for him. So let us give away Jesus. Let us give away Jesus' love. Let us not just hold on to Jesus. You know, in our culture, in the Western culture, uh, religion is private, isn't it? So we think. And so we don't want to interrupt our neighbor. And so in other cultures around the world, they're not afraid to share, Christians are not afraid to share their, their faith story with Muslims and Hindus and people from other faiths. They don't hit them on the head with a thousand scripture verses, but they build a relationship to share their faith. For example, our regional secretary in Southeast Asia is a woman. She's from Indonesia, in a culture that's male-dominated, in a country that is one of the uh, largest uh, populations of Muslims. She's our regional secretary. She was Buddhist. She's one of the most happy persons you'll ever meet. Jolly, happy, sharing faith everywhere. She said she's a Christian today because a Christian went to her home in Indonesia and invited her to accept Christ as her Lord and Savior. Are you with me? She had not heard about Jesus. But because a Christian was willing to get over religion is private and to go to her home and to share faith with her. She's had many challenges as a Christian living in an Islamic, in, in a, a multicultural setting. But now she goes around to many countries, including the United States, sharing her faith and teaching about Jesus Christ. Amen? God is depending upon us. You can do it. If I can do it, you can do it. We all can do it by the grace of God. So the whole congregation must believe that everyone needs to come to Christ. I was, um, I went, I was, and we had our seminar in Haiti last January. And I arrived the day before 
We are setting up the equipment. And Noel, a young man there, came to help us set up the equipment. He introduced himself. He knew I was the director of the institute. And he came to me, and this is what he said. Do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? He didn't assume that because I was a director that I knew Jesus Christ. He didn't assume that because I'm older than him that I know Jesus. And so immediately he did. That is because his church, everyone in his church understands that everyone needs to come to know Christ as Lord. So the culture of his congregation has changed. And that is what needs to happen in our churches. The culture has to change. Now I know you're going to tell me, well, you know, it must go through the evangelism committee. You know, you know, everything must pass through in this structure and in this way. Fine, let it happen. Keep doing it. But, but do I need a committee to tell me to start a prayer meeting in my home? Are you with me? Do I need a committee to tell me to set up a coffee stand on the corner here? Are you with me? Do I need a committee to set up a phone bank of witnessing through my cell phone or computer or what have you? Is that making sense? There are a large number of ways that God wants to use us as individual Christians to build relationships with new people or to share our faith. Everything doesn't have to be necessarily approved from top down. Are you with me? I'm not rebelling against the structure, so don't go and tell people what <laughs> I say something different. I'm saying you keep your structure, however it functions well, you will know best. Uh, if you need to change it, change it. But what I'm saying is every one of us can be used by God to share our faith with people who need Christ most. Some of us can build relationships. I don't know how it is up here, but in Atlanta, you have people begging at nearly every exit when you come off the exit. And some people can build a relationship with them and to help them in different ways, not, not only to share their faith, etc. And then the last one I want to mention there quickly, after church, one of the churches I preach in Haiti, um, at, the, at the door when I was greeting people, a Sunday school teacher came up to me and introduced two young adults to me. And this is what he said. Preacher, I want you to meet so-and-so, call, call them by name. These two young women accepted Jesus Christ this morning in our Sunday school class. Sunday school class. You see, it pervades the church. It means everybody is sharing faith. And so it's a whole structure change, or culture change, rather, that sometimes has to take place. Next slide. So we have to rethink practical faith sharing. Let's go to the next one. And the, we just looked at this, Christianity, your culture. If we had time, I would ask you to talk with each other about the culture of faith sharing in your congregation. Are people sharing their faith? If they are, how are they doing it? 
What's the history in your, in your congregation of testifying? Next. Traditionally, there are about four different thoughts or points in sharing faith. And it could be summed up like this. God loves all humanity. If you remember these four on your four fingers, not the thumb, your four fingers, it, it, it helps you when you are in a relationship with someone and God brings you to the point to share your faith. I'm not saying you go up to somebody for the first time and say, you need Jesus, Bri Brianna. That's not what I'm saying. Or you go up to somebody and say, uh, God loves you and God wants to save you. I'm talking about when you build a relationship with Christ and the Holy Spirit leads you into that conversation, you're able to say, you know, I've discovered that, that God loves people no matter what situation they find themselves. And then secondly, all humanity has sinned. You know, you don't have to go up and say, all, all everybody is a sinner. But you're in a relationship with someone and you're able to say something, you know, um, you know I've, I've, I've begun to recognize that, that in my own life, as a human being, that I'm a sinner. And that I needed someone to save me from my sin. Or to help me to overcome sin, or what have you. So number three then, God saves all humanity. Number four, humanity can accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So those are four sort of points. In our seminar, one of the things I do then is for us to look at five different fair sharing tracks, five different, uh, different um, booklets that we look at um, in sharing our faith. Uh, the next one. This, is, this was developed by the Board of Evangelism in 1973 uh, for the Mississippi Conference. It says, God loves, God's love includes everyone. Then it says, though tragically separated from God by sin, we can be saved through faith in Jesus Christ. Thirdly, God's Spirit brings assurance that we belong to Him. And fourthly, a life dominated by perfect love is the goal of Christian perfection. Now when we study these in theology schools, uh, we study a lot of big words. And so we talk about Christian assurance and we talk about entire sanctification and and all these things. But this is set out very simply for persons to be able to use as you build relationships to share your faith. Let's, um, let's back for a minute. Any questions at this point? Questions? Okay. Why should we rethink sharing our faith? Because most persons become disciples of Christ through the testimony, the deeds, and encouragement of someone they trust of someone they trust. Um, even for the big evangelistic crusades or evangelistic meetings, most people go to their those meetings because they've built a relationship with somebody. Have you ever had evangelistic services in your church and only two people uh, apart from your membership came? Yeah? That's because sometimes in preparation for it, we did not build relationships with new people. 
we send out a thousand flyers, we put it on the radio, we do all of this. But today, people come to things through relationship. Am I right? Yeah? Do you, the basketball games you go to, or football games, or whatever, do you go by yourself? Usually you go with a friend. You build a relationship. If you go to the Fox Theater, do you go by yourself? You go with somebody. Build relationships. It's also true of the church. When we have meetings, building relationships and, and picking up people and bringing them with you becomes important. Two, many Christians have difficulty building new relationships with new persons because we are out of the habit, that's all. We are out of the habit. Three, lots of people today have no Christian memory. They, they can't even name the four Gospels. They can't even tell you what John 3.16 is. You heard the guy who called in on the radio one time uh, when the baseball game was going and um, there was a, a sort of a break. Oh, the rain delay show and calling and says, can you help me? I see this sign at baseball games and I want to know if it has anything to do with the score. John 3.16. What does it mean? That's the society that we live in today. And so we can't assume that people have a Christian memory. We can no longer use Christian language to share our faith. It has to be our own language in building relationships and personal. We can no longer depend solely on the programs of the church. A lot of times the programs of the church are for the church and the church members. A lot of people don't come without building relationships. So, here are three words I want you to remember. I think it's in your notes. Three words I want you to remember. Simplicity, what page is it, anybody? Page three. Number one or two? Three. Number one, page three. Simplicity. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. If we're going to share our faith, it means humbly bowing before God like a little child and asking God's guidance. And so I want us to see that first one as not to be complicated. Give you an example. I got an email a few years ago. Blame it, I, you might have heard this. I got an email a few years ago. It was very simple, very clear. I had no doubt what the person wanted. See, sometimes we as Christians, we complicate stuff. This is what it said. I'm a Muslim. Elijah Muhammad is, is, is uh, sorry, I, I'm a Muslim. I believe in Allah. Elijah Muhammad is his prophet. And I'm inviting you to become a Muslim. Was it clear? Was it precise? Was it simple? All, they, all I needed to do was to click and ask, how can I become a Muslim? If my faith was not grounded. So they may have sent that to a million people or millions. Who knows who would have responded. So let's not complicate faith sharing and witnessing. People just want to know our story. <laughs> Second, 
authenticity. The same verse that I gave you earlier, always be ready to give a defense with gentleness and respect, ethically and morally. Those two are very, very important, ethically and morally. So let's think about it. Simplicity, let's think of our relationship with God the Father, or God the Creator. Authenticity, let's think of our authentic relationship with Jesus Christ. Having authentically met Jesus, or Jesus meeting us, then Jesus simply wants us to be authentic in our relationship. People are fed up with Christians, uh, not necessarily Christians, with some church people who are not authentic. Is that making sense? Some of the duns have done with church because they've seen some unauthentic people in the church, etc. Not Methodists, you know, never Methodists. <laughs> Those other churches. <laughs> Hope I'm not being recorded. <laughs> Dependence. Total dependence on the Holy Spirit. Those three words I have found very, very helpful in my witnessing, practical faith sharing. So John 15, but when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he shall testify of me. The Spirit testifies of Jesus Christ in our simple faith and in our witnessing. Oh man, that makes a difference. I'm not on my own. Are you with me? The Spirit is with me. If I had to depend upon my ability and upon my knowledge and wisdom and ideas, I'd never make it. But it's by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Let's go on to some practical ones. I don't know if this is in your notes, but it must be undergirded by daily prayer support. Is it there? daily prayer support. This is vital. This is very vital. If the culture of the church is going to change, it's going to take the prayers of all. Every Sunday prayer. Every time the youth group meets, prayer. Every time, and you're praying for God's vision to reach people for Christ. You're praying for God's vision to be a blessing in your community. You have your programs, that's fine. You keep your programs. But the culture will change when the whole church begins to, to be praying. And so what about those prayer teams and prayer walks and prayer services and praying in the community with individuals? And, and the purpose of practical faith sharing is to love the other person. So no matter how this gentleman here looks, he looks really nice here in church today, right? <laughs> Amen? But um, he might have some friends who don't look like him. They don't dress like him. Or they might have some friends in school that don't look like them or, or dress like them or behave like them. Yeah? Sometimes in churches, I'm being real now, we turn up our noses at people who have tattoos and rings all over, etc. but the Lord Jesus sends us to, to them all and to love them all. So the main f 
first purpose, the initial purpose of fair sharing is to love the other person. This is in the fair sharing New Testament. Love the other person. So if I come to this sister to share my faith and she detects there's not that sense of love, what is she going to do? Not listen to what I have to say. And so we, I, I know it's a chain sometimes to love everybody, but that's what God is calling us upon to do. Invitational statements. This is also a principle in the Fair Share New Testament and in the textbook. What's an invitation? Let me tell you about invitational statements. This is the one that has helped me secondly most, if that's the sense. The first one was fair sharing is in the first person. And the second one that helps me most in, in introducing my spouse to new people, this is new people, is invitational statements. Yeah? So that while my heart is going 100 miles an hour, I can still approach new people. Let me give you three examples. And then we'll look at a definition, not yet. Let's say, let's, let's see who I can, who I can pick on here. Uh, <laughs> you want me to pick on you? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's say, <laughs> let's <laughs> guy. Guy. Okay. Let's say guy. Let's say I go up to guy, and I say to guy, and I'm being sincere now. I'm not or anything like that and I say to guy I, I wouldn't do it with a with a woman normally normally I do male to male yeah but this is just an example I say I say to, to her um, you know I really I, I really like the the shawl or the you know that, that you're wearing there what is she going to do first thing she's going to do is to look at it and see what she's wearing today yeah. And then she's going to make a comment. One comment could be, oh, this is old. I've had this for years. Have you ever said that? <laughs> yeah. Or she might say, my husband gave this to me. Or she might say, I just bought it from Walmart or somewhere. Chico's. <laughs> If I wait long enough, I will get an answer. And if I'm a Chico fan, <laughs> we are friends immediately. <laughs> yeah? Or a Walmart fan or, or whatever. But here's the, here is the question that's important right now. How to transition from talking about this to talk about Jesus Christ? And so that's the purpose of the invitational statement. These are people you may never see again. I'm not talking about people you're building a relationship with. You may never see again. And so God gives you a one minute. Here's the second one. Example of a, an invitational statement. It's not a question. If I come and ask you a question, you're going to step back, right? But if I make a statement and wait, any Apple people in this room? Anybody has Apple products? Most people love their Apple products. When I say love, really love. Yeah? No. Now, okay. 
I can, I can almost 100% know that if I see somebody with a, an iPhone or an iPad, I can go up and I can simply make a statement, you must love your iPad. Well, I know, I know. Or you might, or you might, you, you know, you must really love your iPhone six, whichever is one is out now, or seven. And if I wait long enough, they will begin to show me all the different possibilities of this phone that I've never known about. Here's a conversation for me now to begin to talk about Jesus. And uh, help me here now. I want you to come up with some ideas here. This is just one. I could transition by saying, you know, I know God who has far more features than that iPhone, as many features as it has. Yes? Or I could say, you know, I know God that loves me far more than you love your iPhone. And begin to talk about Jesus Christ. Exactly, exactly. So these are all little ways when you approach people for the first time, you begin to build relationships. Yes. 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 We think we think of different ways to be able to build relationships. Yes. Uh, let me give you the third one that I have found for me. Now you will find different ways. You want to use this fine, but you will find your own way. After a lot of time struggling, <laughs> meeting new people, I've found this helpful. Cashiers, people everywhere. I hope you're doing well today. It's not, are you well? Or, you look sick. That's right. <laughs> exactly. But if I say, I hope you're doing well today, that is a well wish, first of all. And people love to know you're interested in them. And secondly, I'm concerned about their well-being. And so I've had people in many places in the world say to me, you know, my father died this morning. Or my mother's in hospital. I've had one recently who said, you know, I was just on the way to work and I got a ticket. And I'm so angry. And then I was able to pray with them right at the counter. In the name of Jesus Christ. So you find ways what is, what is, what is best for you. But I've been able to build many, many relationships in many places by simply saying, I hope you're doing well today. And it's amazing how people want to talk about themselves. Strangers going back in history and telling me all the doctors they've gone to and all the specialists they've seen and all the wrong their children have done and things I don't really want to know, but I'm building a relationship. Are you with me? That is vital. So let's look at a definition then. This is not in your notes, but it's a definition. Two more clicks, please. An invitational statement is a statement that has a seed of a question within it and listens for a response. 
It's not a question. It has a seed of a question within it. So, hope you're doing well today. Yes, I do. No, I'm not. See, when you talk about the weather, it usually stops. Good weather today. Yes, it is. Where do you go from there? But when it's a relationship you're beginning to build. So I met this man in the supermarket one time. I used an invitational statement. And uh, when we got outside, he's still talking. It took me a year of, of relationship before he even came to church for the first time. So the goal of faith sharing is not to get people in your church. The goal of faith sharing is faith sharing. The Holy Spirit takes it and does with it what the Holy Spirit wants. If you're just trying to get members in your church, you're going to feel like a failure. Reggie McNeil, you could write his name down and look him up online. He has a number of um, YouTube videos uh, talking about relationships. He's very unorthodox, but, um, but you'll learn from him. He tells the story of this woman who was on a train. But he tells the story of this woman who was on a train. And the Holy Spirit, the rain, it was raining heavily outside, and the Holy Spirit said to her, give this man your purple umbrella. And she said, Lord, he's not going to want my purple umbrella. And the Spirit kept saying, give the man your purple umbrella. Since it's raining, he doesn't have an umbrella, he really needs one. So before they could get to the next stop, she mustered the courage and she went up to him and said, the Holy Spirit told me to give you this purple umbrella. Okay. The man said, no, ma'am, I don't need your umbrella. You need it. And besides, it's purple. <laughs> what man wants a purple umbrella? And after some arguing and so on, she kept saying, but the Lord told me to give you this umbrella. Finally, he took it got off the train, we thought that was the end of the story. That evening, she, she, she's a business saleswoman. That evening, she and her business people were looking at the day's activities, how well they did. And before she could start, her boss said to the group, I must tell you this story before we begin. The, one of the, my clients that I went to today, before I could get started, he was so overcome that he just wanted to talk. And he said to me, a woman on the train said that God wanted her, wanted me to have her umbrella. And it was purple. And, and I, I, I couldn't understand why God would be interested in me, in helping to take care of me. Imagine God. And so in that conversation, this man, he didn't know anything about what happened back then, but he was able to lead this man to accept Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. Simply because of that umbrella. Are you with me? A lot of the people we witness to, we'll never know the rest of the story. But we know that God will take it and use it. Might send a Baptist along after, or a Lutheran, or somebody else <laughs> be behind us. 
But here's the thing, friends. Here's the thing. I scarcely ever have to invite people to church. Most of the time, I'm witnessing to people. They ask me, which church do you go to? Are you with me? Because I'm talking about a God who has made a difference in my life, and I'm, how shall I put that humbly, and uh, really serious about it. They want to know which church do I go to. So if I'm in Ohio and I say, well, you know, I'm not from this city, but I could look up on my phone the churches that are closest here and I could refer you to a church. If they really want to find a church, I can do it there and then. And so I have to do a lot of referrals in my witness in so many places. So that I'm sharing with you that the plan to invite people to church is a good one, but it's a little bit outdated. We must still invite people to church. We must. But it's not working as well as building relationships with people. And so the more people we build relationships with, the greater a chance that some of them will come to our church. Is that making sense? If we don't build any relationships, chances are nobody will come to our church. <laughs> is that right? The opposite is true. So how can God use us to build those relationships and to be able to share those stories? And let's, let's go to the next one or two. Um, and some have already said, the use of transitional statements. If you want to write this, a, transition, a statement that transitions the conversation into talking about spiritual matters. Is that in your notes? Transitional statement? It's not there? Okay. It's a statement that transitions the conversation into talking about spiritual matters. Notice I said spiritual matters and not Christianity or not Jesus. Because some people, you have to begin talking spiritual things before you can get on to Jesus. Uh, it may or may not lead to talking about Jesus Christ or sharing parts of our story. Uh, use of one-minute conversations. The one-minute conversation I did with you earlier, um, try to develop some of those in your churches, practice some of those one-on-one, -on -one and uh, then practice how to develop conversations with persons. Uh, daily initiating new relationships. Sometimes it means sharing parts of your faith story. Sometimes it means sharing parts of your faith story with strangers. And, uh, and so sometimes I've had to share stories about my own life. When my wife and I lost our first child, for example, I meet people who they've lost their first child as well. And we're able to uh, be able to communicate in a way in which a person who has never lost a first child may not be able to understand or relate in the, in the same way. And so sharing parts of your faith story. Um, in the Faith Sharing New Testament, on page 520, there are areas to help develop your faith story. There's six or seven questions to help you to answer about your own faith story. Um, how did you come to know Christ? Who are those who influenced you? And uh, how is your life different now from what it used to be? And so you can write out your faith story. 
I want to encourage you to put it on video. Put it on audio. Put it in place on internet. Put parts of your story places where people can see it. This is so important because everybody uh, in the community who does not know Christ needs to hear stories. And then um, the last session would be going on to building social relationships and web-based. And so daily building social relationships. How let's, let's go back, yes. How intentional are we back to social relationships? How intentional are we in building community relationships with community organizations? You can't expect everybody to come to us. But there are lots of organizations that are out there doing great work and great ministry that we can come alongside. Um, uh, what about governmental agencies? What about church relationships? What about school authorities? Um, there's one of our, uh, he's called Coach Jennings in, in, um, in Chattanooga. He says churches should be in schools. But he says when you go to schools, you go to do school, you don't go to do church. And so you go to do school, and you do school long enough, they'll ask you to do church. Church kinds of things, prayers and so on. Because you have to build a relationship of trust over time. So, so we have a wonderful opportunity to do that. Next. Social media. Daily making full use of social media to present Christ. How many of you are using social media? Um, don't put up your hands. But, but um, uh, social media has become the thing. In this election, for example, everything was social media. I don't know how, I don't know how words got get out so quickly. But, but social media is strong. Therefore, messaging Emails on your phone, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, Tumblr, blog forum, forums. Does your church have a blog forum? A forum where you blog together about matters to do with faith. And invite your neighborhood to join the forum so they could comment, make comments on the forum. Um, does your church have, have an... Um, a messaging blast. Does your church have young people in it? That's not the that's not the question. You have young people. But 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 the question is, are you encouraging your young people? Don't 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 run me from here when I say this. Are you encouraging your young people to use their cell phones in church? Okay, turn off phones now. Your Bible is on there, okay? There's this preacher. I'm not telling you to do this preachers. This preacher who gets up to preach. This is young people. Now, in my sermon, your friends. You see what's happening? A lot of young people have a lot of names on their messaging list. If 10 of those young people sent out messages about your sermon, how many thousands of young people are receiving the good news of the gospel of Christ? 
I know there's a risk. There's, there's, they'll be doing other things. Um, and so these are ways that different churches are finding to be able to communicate the goodness of, of, of the gospel with others. Um, Snapchat, Pinterest, there are a whole host of them. And we go through some of them in our seminar and get some of the young people to share. You know, it's your grandchildren who know about this more than we do. Because little two-year-olds have, what do you call them? Uh, sorry? Tablets. Yes, they have tablets. And so they grow up learning about tablets, and they're way ahead of us when it comes to, to life. And so they're able to learn to communicate. And so we somehow are not reaching some young adults because sometimes we are on a different wavelength or a different level. Questions, comments, challenges at this point? Objections, doubts, fears? Yes. And that is one of the principles in the Fair Sharing New Testament. Listening opens the door to speaking. When you think of fair sharing, we are thinking of sharing. But what comes first is listening. As we listen to people, that's, that's exactly right. It opens the door to speaking. Um, like very quickly, this I was on a flight coming back to Atlanta. I was tired. I had preached a lot that week. And it was Sunday evening. I'm coming back. I sat. They had five, four or five people on the flight. It's a small plane. Lots of seats open. This young man got in just before the door closed. And guess where he sat next to? Guess who he sat next to? Guess who he sat next to? He sat next to me. All these seats open, and he comes and sits next to me. And I'm ready to sleep. <laughs> I'm tired. And he's ready to talk and talk and talk. And so he asked me, what work do you do? Now, you preachers here know what that means. Sometimes people shut up when they hear, you are a preacher. But this man said, I have been wanting to talk to a preacher for the longest while. And he started to tell me his whole history. I've been in the armed forces. I've tried this, tried that, tried the next. And every minute I'm ready to jump in and the Holy Spirit said, Winston, hold off. Listen. Listen. And after listening, I got to discover his greatest need. Then I was able to share my faith story with him. If I hadn't listened, it would not have happened. I was on a flight, on a different flight recently, and a Hindu was sitting next to me. And he asked me uh, something about my life anyway. And I told him, I'm an ordained pastor. And this is what he asked me. What is ordained? And what is pastor? Had no idea. And he lives right here in Georgia. No idea. So then I had to listen to him. And to understand where he was coming from. Etc. Other comments or questions? Yes. Yeah. 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 Every time is different. Every single time is different. And so you just have to be attuned to, to the guidance of the Holy Spirit and says, Lord, I'm ready. Yeah. So sometimes Blaine knows this. Sometimes pastors in my classes, 
uh, and give them assignments to go and witness in the community. And so they come back and tell me, you know, I went into Walmart and I was just walking around, Lord, is it this one? Is it this one, Lord? Is it this one? Is it him? <laughs> but that's what it is about. Because God doesn't speak aloud many times. And so it's that inner small voice of God that guides us to people who need us most. And so that's, that's, that's vital. Last question or comment. Yes. And that's why sometimes with young people, you know about the clung ministry? Sometimes they, they take young people to Mardi Gras to witness for Christ, and they're in a clung uniform. And so because nobody can see them or recognize them, they're going up to doors and they're going up to people and sharing their faith. Yeah. And so when they come back to their churches, they forget that, that the, 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 the uniform is off, the clown uniform is off, and they begin to share faith more confidently. And so, you know, you have all these different array of possibilities of sharing our faith in Christ. So I pray that God would really uh, bless every one of you in your work and in your ministry um, for Christ. Pray for us um, that, that, that God would continue to use us um, to reach people for Christ. If you'd like to sign up, if you can go, go just to the very last uh, slide. Yeah, if you want to sign up, yeah, just where we were just now. If you want to sign up for any of these seminars, feel free to do so. And um, if you'd like to support our ministry as well, feel free to do so. Uh, we are part of the bridges. We're part of one of the bridges of the North Georgia Conference. And, uh, and so you're able to support us uh, through the conference in, in any ways that, that, that you might think. But the task is great, and God calls upon all of us. God needs you. Don't hide, please. Let God use you. You'll discover that though you are shy and afraid, and you've never done it before, when you get on the on-deck circle, the Spirit is already on the deck before you get there. Amen? Thank you.